0: This is NTL Now, your Northern Tier League sports podcast. NTL Now is brought to you by Circle W Sports, the new name in the game for high school sports. NTL Now is also brought to you by Endless Mountains Brace and Mobility and Mansfield University. Now let's join the hosts of NTL Now, along with Joe Carrion, here's Shane Wilber. welcome back ntl sports fans it's another week for the ntl now podcast shane wolver back with you here and luckily this week schedules were able to be worked out and across the table here this week we get to welcome back the reunion tour is on joe carry on back with us here on the ntl now podcast joe it's been a too long of a hiatus i should say glad to have you back here on the podcast this week
1: i'm happy to be back happy to be back with you shane
0: Well, that's always a plus. That's what I like to hear. But yes, we've got a lot to cover this week. Lots of jam packed coverage coming your way in this week's edition of the Northern Tier League Now podcast. All right, coming up here in just a little bit, uh, I had the opportunity this week to sit down with Mitch Rupert from the Williamsport Sun Gazette. Mitch and I, we're going to talk about uh, some wrestling action, not only from the district tournament last week, but also we're going to look ahead and talk a little bit about the upcoming Northeast Regional tournament as well this week. Uh, in the uh, postseason action. So that's coming up for you here this week on the podcast. Also, I know we're a little bit uh, late in the game here this week, but also we're going to have the opportunity to talk with head coach Brent Kyes of Wyalusing. Had the opportunity to sit down with him as well as the Wyalusing Rams are uh, prepared now to take on Bloomsburg for the District 4 AA basketball crown as well. So that's all coming up this week too. But of course, you know, as we usually do, uh, we will, uh, you know, break down just a A little bit of basketball, but of course we got that interview with Mitch coming up here in a little bit. But Joe, just uh, overall, boy, this basketball season right now just taking off here in the District 4 playoffs as we're coming down this home stretch towards the finals and consolation finals.
1: Yeah, last night especially was a very busy night. Uh, I think we both were there, Canton and Sarah, double overtime, man. What a crazy game. And then, of course, you know, Montoursville getting the best of Athens. So we saw a lot of good action last night.
0: It's been, you know, an interesting whirlwind here as this postseason has gone on. I mean, you know, when the postseason started in districts, I mean, think about it. We had North Penn Liberty as a top seed. Northeast Bradford Girls as a top seed. Both of those teams are going to be playing in consolation finals coming up here as this week is uh, going on as well. I mean, you got the Athens Lady Wildcats. They're also going to be playing for a District 4 championship. Found out they're going to be playing on Saturday down at Milton. So congratulations to Coach Miller and the Lady Wildcats for that. And, of course, uh, we'll talk about that game as well here coming up a little bit uh, as well. But, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, last week it was interesting because you know saturday brought about a big day at the commons building of course the canton warriors uh who we know now uh eliminated from the district four playoffs but uh you know they they drop a heartbreaker last saturday against Y a game really they were in control of uh for the most part minus uh, a few moments down the stretch
1: yeah it, it's just been tough i i know this team is growing there's there's still some youth on it i think uh we're seeing the the maturation of nimzik um I know uh Ben Knapp missed a couple free throws there down the stretch too so it's uh this team's growing they're young I think we're gonna see them a little bit more battle tested next year but last night especially against Sarah I think it was kind of the story of Zach Moore from Sarah man he just uh kind of took over the game he had a couple clutch three point shots there uh t- before things were over and that really I think was the difference you know say i think was trying to look to see who was going to to score for them but you know Zach really took it over there at the end.
0: That was really one of the more clutch performances I have seen out of an NTL sharpshooter than what we saw last night out of Zach Moore and you know as we uh, you know project after last night and kind of uh, you know reflect on it I think something that kind of gets lost in the shuffle of all of that uh, you know scoring and just adrenaline and passion that we saw in that game last night man if you had an opportunity to just kind of take in the two coaches from time to time. I mean, you know, when I'm calling the action, it's hard really to kind of get a bead. But sometimes, you know, like during a timeout, something like that, you know, maybe just uh, during a free throw or something, you get an opportunity to get the looks of, you know, like facial expressions from Coach Kitchen or Coach Shaw. And you just see the passion in these two coaches' eyes. And I mean, both of those coaches, they wanted that game last night so bad. And unfortunately, only one team was going to advance on into the state tournament. And, uh, you know, for the Sarah Redskins, hey, you have to give credit to that team. Yes. They swept the season series with Canton, and that beating a team alone three times in a season, that's hard to do alone on its own, I should say. But uh, for Sayre to weather what was a very Canton-dominated game for the most part, I would say probably three quarters and change, Canton was pretty much in control of that ballgame. Sayre, somehow, you know, they just stuck together. Credit to uh, Coach Shaw. They stuck with the game plan and then with like about a minute 35 left it became the zach moore show and that kid just took the redskins on his back he got them into overtime and from there you know the redskins they just kept scrapping they just kept battling and eventually it was sarah who clinched their spot in the piaa state tournament next week and of course now you know they await the uh district two champion and uh, that's who they're gonna play next week in the opening round of states
1: yeah it was a very uh very well deserved win i think when i was looking at the stats can't actually out rebounded Sarah throughout much of the game but man to be able to say that you won a game where you're out rebounded that shows heart that shows determination I think when you're looking in the huddle some of those kids were like who's gonna step up I I think there might have been a little bit of loss of hope from what I, I saw but you know coach Shaw he he has him circled the wagons and and Sarah was able to you know just beat canton and what was an excellent game
0: that was you know one for the ages for sure now of course you know on the opposite side there for boys basketball so Sarah now into the state tournament why loosing They've clinched a berth into the state tournament as well. North Penn Liberty, even though they are in a consolation final, given the fact that four teams out of both girls and boys class A are going to the state tournament, they are in as well. Now, of course, coming up here in a little bit, we are going to talk. Uh, you know, a lot more basketball as well coming up here in the podcast as uh, we'll reflect on. You know, some of the uh, Athens action that we saw this week as well. I had a chance to call the girls' game. Uh, their semifinal with Shamokin uh, that came up uh, to this past Tuesday night uh, down at the Magic Dome in Williamsport, so we had an opportunity to see that. Also, of course, the boys, uh, they were the second game of the doubleheader at the Commons Building against Montoursville. Athens boys still with a consolation final as well to play to get themselves into the state tournament too. So yes, a lot of Northern Tier League basketball still to talk about here in the District 4 playoffs, but of course, as I said, you know, we've got a lot of wrestling to recap as well, so coming up with that, we're going to take a quick timeout here, and when when we come back it'll be an interview with mitch rupert as we discuss the northeast regional tournament this weekend we'll reflect a little bit on the district tournament from last weekend and of course tune in and listen as mitch shares his thoughts on the Sheldon Seymour uh, 120-pound uh, semifinal from last Saturday as well and uh, project forward to uh, what Seymour awaits in that 120-pound bracket coming up this week for the Northeast Regional Tournament as well. So we're going to step aside here. We're going to thank our friends from Mansfield University and, of course, Endless Mountains Brace and Mobility as well. And when we come back, it's an interview with Mitch Rupert right here on the Northern Tier League Now podcast. At Mansfield University, newly reduced tuition and housing rates make a great education even more affordable. Plus, small class sizes give you the value of a personalized education, rather than being just a number at a large university. Live the sweet life in Mansfield's on-campus residence halls, rated among the best in Pennsylvania. Learn more about how an affordable education at Mansfield University can benefit you at mansfield.edu. Endless Mountain Bracing Mobility in Troy is a proud supporter of our area athletes in the Northern Tier League. Parents, don't just trust anyone if the athlete in your family is injured. Let the experts at Endless Mountain's Bracing Mobility be there to help make the recovery process as easy as possible. Call them today for more information on how they can help at 570-297-2993. That's 570-297-2993. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5, and closed Saturday and Sunday. That's Endless Mountain brace Mobility and Troy. All right, and as we continue on here with the NTL Now podcast this week, of course, as promised, a lot of good wrestling discussion here this week. And for that, we bring in Mitch Rupert. Of course, we'll talk with Mitch now about, uh, you know, a little bit of the district tournament from last week and, of course, talk a little bit about the regional tournament uh, coming up this week. But, uh, Mitch, as we welcome you in uh, I think it would be remiss of me if you know I don't start where I know a lot of people were stunned and or shocked from this past weekend. The 120-pound semifinal, Gable Strickland of Benton, Sheldon Seymour of Troy. I have to ask, because you were there, Matt Side, uh, give me your Mitch Rupert analysis on what went down.
2: My Mitch Rupert analysis was I grabbed the arm of whoever was sitting next to me, and I think it was Pete Hardenstein. And, uh, I said, Oh my God, this is really going to happen. You know, cause I, uh, it, it's not that I didn't think Gable Strickland was capable of that. You know, I think the, he, he kind of had two forces at work there. Gable Strickland is a big 120 pounder. He wrestled 126 all season, came down for the post season. Sheldon Seymour is a smaller 120 pounder. My guess is without seeing the weigh-ins, he could probably get to 13 if he wanted to, um, but with the idea of college on the horizon, probably wants to wrestle as big as he can. So it was kind of a, a match made in heaven for Strickland to, to be able to pull that upset. But, 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 I mean, don't be fooled. I mean, this is a, a significant upset. I mean, we're talking about a nationally ranked kid, and I believe a, a top five nationally ranked kid in Sheldon Seymour and Gable Strickland, who is, I think, a returning state fourth place finisher uh, from last year. So it was significant. And, and I think it took a while for, for the shock to kind of to exit the magic dome on, on Saturday morning. It was, it, it was, it was exciting to watch. And, uh, um, You know, that wasn't lost on
0: anybody. Now that we project forward here and, you know, we get ready for the regional tournament, the way that things shake out in the 120-pound bracket, uh, Seymour now will be on the same side as Cole Bisco from Southern Columbia. So as we project forward here, I mean, is that another tough obstacle, uh, you know, as far as Bisco's size moving forward here with Seymour?
2: Yeah, I think it is. You know, I, I don't think Bisco is quite as big. Uh, as Gable Strickland is, but but he's physical and he's fast and he's athletic, so it, it should be another really, really good matchup. Um, you know, it, it, Colt is a returning state runner-up. I mean, this kid's no slouch. It's it's not a shock that that he went through that district bracket last week and came out the champion. I mean, this kid is really, really good, and he probably goes unnoticed – in that lineup because we spend so much time talking about the Garcias, uh and Cade Lynn and even Lear Quinton. um,
0: you know, the older guys
2: who have been around so lot uh have been around so many years. Uh Cole Biscoe's an under the radar kind of guy, you know. He's uh he like I said, he was a state runner up last year and it's gonna be a significant test, uh, if those two meet in the semifinals, uh which they should. Uh, but don't look past Joe Rowley from Hanover area. I mean it's a match that that Sheldon should do fine with, but Joe's a returning state qualifier, even though he's had an up-and-down year, and, and Caden Pewterball is one of the, the, uh, the better freshmen, I think, uh, in the district this year, somebody I know I haven't talked about nearly enough uh, who's had a really good season, so he's still got to wrestle well to beat those guys to get to the semifinals, but that will be very much the must-see the round.
0: okay now as we put all three of them together in a group bisco seymour and strickland uh will this be you know one of those instances where you know in two weeks we're saying to ourselves oh look here's three district four guys in the semifinals i mean that's the caliber we're dealing with here with these three right
2: yeah i i think so and and i don't think it's uh you know without having the state rankings in front of me to to see who else is there at 20 um I'd, I'd really be shocked if it's not uh, these three guys. Depending on where they match up, I mean, it, you, the 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 champion from this week will be the opposite side of the other two guys, um, you know. But it, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see all three of them. You know, after after Cole Bisco beat Gable Strickland in the the finals on on uh, Saturday, I, I, I tweeted out to the guys at PA Power Wrestling. I was like, "Good luck sorting out these rankings at 120 because." These very well may be three of the top four or five best 120-pounders in the state. And who should be ranked number one right now? I don't know. I couldn't tell you who should be ranked number one. I mean, I still think Sheldon Seymour is the best of the three wrestlers. Um, But now he's got a loss on his record uh, to a kid he could potentially see again this weekend uh, so it, it doesn't matter just get on that and wrestle and we'll, we'll see what happens then
0: now let's focus uh, a little more you know towards just the finals in general i'm curious to see and get your take on what you thought was the best final matchup uh, in the districts of that uh, 14 uh, match finals that we saw
2: oh man i'll tell you what those first four finals um 106 to 126 were as as good as entertaining um and as as emotional as as I can ever remember, this was as good a collection of district finals as i can uh, I can remember in a long, long time. I mean, you kind of had the air was let out of the place a little bit when Bryce Bowman had to injury default at one thirty two uh but that one forty five match with Nate Higley and and Avery bassett was fantastic just because it it was like the two were play wrestling out there, you know, just rolling around, getting themselves in different positions and and seeing who could come out on top, but I loved that final at 120 with this and Strickland because it was physical, it was fierce, it was as entertaining a one nothing match uh, as you'll ever see. I mean, Scott Johnson and and Gavin Bradley that final 20 seconds of Johnson trying to shake Bradley off from the top to get out and get that winning reversal. I mean, it was it was theater at its best. I, I really enjoyed 160 with Nolan Lear and Gavin Garcia. Um, because I think those two are relatively even matched. You know, I don't know that Nolan Lear's gotten the credit for as good as he is. A low-scoring match like that I think is going to favor him against Gavin Garcia and, and give him an opportunity uh, to win it. You know, And then you had a great final at 220 with Cameron Wood and Max Tillett where Max Tillett comes out and gets a quick takedown uh, to kind of shake things up. I mean, picking your favorite final out of that group, uh, I guess it's like picking your favorite kid, Um, if if you have children, maybe for some people that's easy. Um, I, I don't know, but, uh, um, it's hard to pick one, but it was just so much fun. It really
0: was. Those first four finals were definitely incredible. You know, obviously being this uh, a, a north centered podcast, I would say you know Gavin Bradley and Johnson at one thirteen. I, I I sat there, I watched it, and you know after it was over, I, I turned. You know, I I had uh, you know an individual with me up there in the crow's nest, and I said, you know, I I don't know if Johnson's a good matchup for Gavin Bradley. Like Gavin Bradley's a bulldog, he is. But Scott Johnson just seems like you know it's that it's that length advantage. I think that really kind of uh, hurts Bradley in a matchup like this.
2: You know the thing I think that gets people that shy away from Gavin Bradley is he's so physical and he's so strong in, in what he's able to do that I think he kind of is able at times to beat kids before they even wrestle. I mean, because not only that, I mean he just looks mean too, and, and and he's a great kid and and he's a great wrestler, and I just don't think Scott Johnson is phased by any of that just because of all the wrestling he's done in his career and uh you know leading up to to his first year here um at the district level but you know i even tweeted at one point after that match i thought gavin bradley wrestled about a perfect second period um you know he gave up a takedown in the first period but was able to get out and then he came back with three points in the second period and wrestled a great period i thought he was really good in the third period his his only mistake was he got riding a little too high late in that third period and and man he had a a vice grip lock on uh scott johnson's right arm or right arm uh, as he was trying to hang on there and and somehow johnson was able to shake him off i wrote you know he was shaking like the ground in a california earthquake uh trying to get him off the top there because that that's all he could do and it was just a matter of Was Gavin going to be able to hang on, or was Scott going to be able to shake him off enough uh, to get out? It, it It was a great match, and I don't think Gavin Bradley should be upset at all about how he wrestled. I thought he wrestled a great match.
0: That was definitely one of the best uh, finals that we saw there in the early going for sure. And of course, uh, you know, won't be surprised at all if uh, indeed that is the final that we will see again coming up here for the regional tournament. Now, of course, uh, you know, sticking with, uh, you know, the north side of things, Nate Higley to me at 145 pounds. I feel like there is kind of a new maturity with Nate Higley this year and a refocus after the disappointing end of last year. Now, of course, you get an opportunity to talk with him from time to time. What's the sense you get out of Higley for this year?
2: Yeah, you know, I, I don't think he was looking ahead last year, you know, but but he came from, you have to remember, go back to his freshman year, he was in that 132 weight class, which was as good a weight class as I can remember since we've gotten to this year's 106. It, it featured Joe Clock and Cole Roan, who faced each other four weeks in a row in the finals, including in the state finals, where Joe clock won, And, and, and Nate was a part of that every week. He ended up finishing sixth in the state. And I think last year, not that he felt he was entitled to another top five finish at States, but it felt like, you know, this is where I should be and it's going to happen. And, and now I think he comes in and he's got that mindset of, you know, I'm just going to, you're just gonna focus on the match that's in front of me right now and and we'll see what happens from there. you know i I think you're right, shane that that there's a new focus, a better focus with him and understanding that nothing's going to be given to him and he's got to earn everything.
0: Now, Avery Bassett obviously came in, you know, one of the highly touted seniors in that 145-pound final against Higley, but, you know, you watch that matchup. I really didn't feel like Higley thought like he was in any kind of danger or urgency in that matchup. It was just so workmanlike to watch him do what he did, and he just felt like he was in control the entire time.
2: That was the kind of match that Higley wanted to wrestle and that Avery Bassett was not going to want to wrestle. If they got rolling around a little bit, I thought it would favor Higley because he's a really good scrambler. He's a super athletic kid, Um, but it was tough to think that it would get there because Avery Bassett is so good at staying in position and being in the right position to not let things get out of control like that. If they meet up again this week, I'll I'll be really curious to see what kind of adjustments Avery Bassett makes because he doesn't want to get in those kind of matches where – they're rolling around and, and, and scrambling like that. He just wants to stay in good position and, and work technique. But I think, I think Nate's a little quicker. Um, I, I think he's a little stronger, um, but he was worried about Avery's length and, and, and Avery's got that length to, you know, throw in a cradle and from any position or to reach down and grab an ankle in neutral. And um, it's a really interesting matchup of styles and a contrast of styles of how they want to wrestle and, and the way that played out on, on Saturday, I thought played into Nate's
0: hands. So now we fast forward to the 170 pound bracket, where of course you know Caitlin and Kale Krebs meet up in the 170 pound final. But it's the semifinal again that gets me. I mean, Timmy Ward is just he doesn't have that uh, that sort of I guess key to figuring out you know how do you pick the lock of Kale Krebs because I think what in two matches they've had this year, I think Krebs. Krebs has outscored him 20-2 to so far. I mean, what is it about Krebs that is just a bad matchup for Ward right now?
2: I think Kale Krebs is a bad matchup for just about everybody, not named Tyler Stoltzfus. Um, you know, Tyler Stoltzfus is going to be the presumed favorite for a state title at 170. He's, a, uh, I think, a two-time state place winner ranked in the, the country uh, for, for St. Joe's Academy, former Mifflinburg wrestler, so he knows District 4 really well. Um but understand that Kale Krebs had Stoltzfus down seven to four, I think, at the uh, the Top Hat tournament to start the year, and then Stoltzfus got on top and was able to to get two turns to win that match. So Kale Krebs is as good as there is in the state, and for for Timmy Ward to not be within eight points in, in either of these two matches is not a knock on him. I think it, it speaks more to the level of where Kale Krebs is at right now. Timmy Ward's really good. I mean, look at his 3 nothing win over Ethan Gush in the, the third-place match. That'll tell you that he's really good. He beat Shane Weidner, who I think is clearly the fifth-best wrestler in this week, who is still a top-20 kid in the state. He beat him 11-1 to in the quarterfinals. You know, Timmy Ward is really, really good, and he's an incredible story. As, as we obviously all know, these four guys at 170 – if they're all four on the podium in Hershey, I'm not going to be the least bit
0: shocked. Uh, I was really impressed by Athens's Alex West at 182 pounds. You know, you look at it going into this weekend; he is 30 and nine right now as a 182 pounder for a senior season. This might be the quietest 30 win season of an NTL wrestler I've seen in the longest time, and he just you know goes out, handles his business, and you know he takes a solid third place finish uh, out of that district tournament.
2: Yeah, when I was going through the sectional brackets to make my predictions the other week, I was kind of looking down through his record, and I was like, who is this kid? You know, because I, I just didn't know a whole lot about him. I mean, his his results didn't kind of jump off the page at you. Um, but he's he's established himself as one of the better kids in this 182-pound weight class. I think the top two kids, like Dylan Bennett of Montoursville and Jacob Feast of Lime Mountain, are kind of a, a level ahead of everybody else. But the, the fact that, that Alex West has beaten uh Derek Atherton Healy twice in the last two weeks says a lot. Um he got a win over Tristan Ditzler from Muncie, who's wrestling really well right now. He beat Mike Cook of Danville in the quarterfinals uh on on uh Friday night. I mean he's he he's just posted results in in all the biggest matches that he's had to wrestle this week, these last two weeks. And it, it's been really impressive and You know, I think people are learning about who Alex West is really quickly, um, even if they don't know his story for, for what he's done this year.
0: Now, when I look back and think about this district tournament, uh, I think, you know, when I I go to surprises from the weekend, I thought Logan Newton would get out of the 152-pound bracket, you know, and I thought a top-four finish for him would be, you know, uh, about right where he should be. I got to say, I I was surprised to see him make the 152 final, but at the same time, you know, I don't see any reason why uh, he might not get back there this week and uh, rematch with Barnes again.
2: Well, I'll tell you what. I think he got a, a really good draw in the regional bracket. I was, I was as I was going down through those earlier this week. If you look at um, the, the bottom half of that bracket, you have Devin Dean, Christian Good, and Wesley Barnes who were all top 18 in the state on the top side. Matthew Leslie from Western Wayne. He's a uh, uh, an experienced guy who's been here at regionals before, but I think he's he's a beatable kid. And, uh, you know, with the way Logan Newton's wrestling, I wouldn't be surprised in the least bit to see him in the, the finals again this week. But he, he recorded some really quality wins. I'll tell you what, he beat Max Madden from Shemokin, um in the quarterfinals on Friday night. I had Max Madden making it to the finals. Um, you know, I really like this kid. You know, when he's hot, he's really hot as a wrestler. But when he's cold, he's really cold. And he didn't have a very good week. He ended up, I think... Uh, uh, injury defaulting out of the tournament um, on Saturday afternoon, but Logan Newton was just really solid. Ten to four over Madden, twelve to six over Troy Johnson from Central Columbia. Uh, you know, those are really quality wins for anybody. Um, you know, there's there's a reason Logan Newton has 32 wins this year. It's because he's really stinking good.
0: Coming into this regional weekend, I'm looking at the 132 pound bracket, and I'm saying to myself. This bracket has the potential to uh, go potentially topsy turvy, just because you know some of the main guys in this bracket are dinged up. And are you concerned that injuries uh, may you know shuffle this bracket a little bit? Given the fact that Bryce Volman's a little dinged up, Noah Hunt's been uh, you know nursing an injury. He uh, injury defaulted uh, in his third and fourth place match last week. Is 132 the bracket we should be looking at and saying, hmm, there could be some shuffles going on here?
2: It's really going to be about who's able to survive a little bit. You know, I'll have a story coming out later this week on Noah Hunt. I mean, this kid's a three-time state qualifier who's put, you know, everything into the season to try and, uh, you know, get his first state medal. He's never won a state medal down in Hershey. And then last week, all of a sudden, he he comes up with a knee injury. They thought it was a bursa sac issue. turns out he's got a sprained MCL. And on Thursday night, he wasn't able to bend his knee enough to uh, to get down in referee's position on bottom. Um, but he gutted his way uh, through the consolation bracket and, and got to the third place, and they said it wasn't worth it to wrestle again and, and let him go. Bryce Bowman hurt his knee wrestling. Noah Hunt uh, last week in the, the sectional final and uh, tweaked it again in the final against Kyler Crawford on Saturday night and said, you know, it's not worth it. We'll we'll go to regionals and try and get get through to regionals. Um, I'm really interested to see a guy like Hayden Ward uh, If he can get another matchup with Kyler Crawford uh, in the semifinals, Antonio uh, DiApollonio is is no slouch. Uh, The District 2 runner-up from Scranton Prep, I believe he's been here at the regional tournament before, but if if Hayden can get through that, I'd like to see him get another shot at Crawford. Uh, The two are wrestling really well. It was a tight match, and uh, Ward got into like a quad pod position where Crawford was able to get the the, the cradle locked up and get the fall. You know, I've been... uh, Champion hayden ward all year number one for his haircut number two for how good he is i i still can't believe that he's not in the state rankings because i think he's he's really that good but there's an opportunity here for him you know if, if guys don't hold up if he's wrestling to the best best of his capability i'm not going to be shocked if he finds his way into, into the state
0: tournament. I think you know the uh, finishes last week by Jackson Chilson and Dawson Brown pretty much indicate I think where they are you know in their respective brackets, and I definitely expect uh, you know to see those two uh, come out again. You know whether it's third, whether it's fourth, but I, I think right about there, uh, that's pretty much where they factor into these two brackets as well.
2: Yeah, I think at two twenty, that's a that's a really fun weight class. Um, you know, I think Cameron Wood right now has kind of established himself as, as kind of the, the best guy in that bracket, but Max Tillett gave him everything he wanted, weighing all of probably 197, 198 pounds, uh, in that final, um, Zach Poust is a veteran who's been around for three years. Carter Sauer has been in the lineup for four years, uh, three or three or four years at, at Midwest. And, you know, we know what Jackson Chilson can do and what he's done in the past for Wyalusing, um there's no reason that he shouldn't be in the discussion and give himself an opportunity in that blood round if need be to, to be one of the four guys who head off to the state tournament. I think last weekend was probably a little disappointing for Jackson. Um, things probably didn't go the the way he wanted. I mean, he, he, he was never really in the match with Cameron Wood losing 15 to nothing. Um, he got a nice win over Trevor Williams in the consolation semifinals and, and was in a really good bout with with Zach house for the third place match, you know. So it, it, it probably wasn't the finish he had, he had envisioned or hoped for, but he established himself as, as one of the guys who should be battling for a state tournament. But same way with Dawson Brown. I mean, those guys at Northeast Bradford, we don't see a whole lot of them down here this way in the district, you know. So you're you're still kind of curious about where he is and, and, and just how good he is even though we've seen him for a couple of years we know that he's a really solid wrestler um, you know but but you're always curious to see him against uh, a, a guy like a Lear Quinton or a Nevin Rauch or an Emmanuel Yorich and, and and I saw Dawson Brown did a really good job to battle back last week I mean he lost that quarterfinal to Nevin Rauch 4-1 and, and came back and won what three or four matches in a row in the consolations to take third place you know so those are two guys that should probably be in the state tournament this weekend or after uh, this weekend if, if they wrestle to their potential.
0: Okay, so you know as we continue on, I look at you know two of the Northern Interior League guys who really have to battle, and you know we, we've got Riley Parker of Canton, Clay Watkins of Tawanda, both of these guys you know coming in as the five uh, seed out of district four here you know when you come in with that uh you know ranking you' you're gonna have to battle for the weekend I, I think you know both of these kids have the talent to battle i I just you know I can't sit here and say you know they're definitely gonna make it out but I think they can definitely make it interesting uh, both as five seeds this weekend
2: I think the the big key for Riley Parker is going to be if he can maybe win that first match on Friday night, you know, Zach Stewart's a a quality kid who's been around, but I think that's a a potentially winnable match for Riley Parker. And if you get yourself into the semifinals, um, you know, that all you need is one win then, you know, against Clayton Reed, probably from, from Mifflinburg to, to get yourself into state. I mean, Clay Watkins, you know, sorry to say, but you're going to have to come back through the consolation bracket. You know, you're wrestling against Gage Garcia in that first round, so you're going to have to come with your best wrestling in that consolation bracket uh, to, to get yourself to Hershey. You know, it's, uh, it's it's all about, you know, having your best stuff at the best time of year. I mean, we saw with Dylan Bennett from Montoursville last year, a kid who was a district champion didn't make it out of the regional tournament. If you have a bad weekend, this weekend, it's going to bite you in the butt, you know, but those are two kids that are more than capable uh, of wrestling at this level and not only wrestling at this level, but winning at this level. And, and uh, you know, if they're able to do that, they're going to give themselves a shot.
0: We'll stay right there in that 195 pound bracket. And I think if you told Canton's Garrett Storch, Hey, 55 seconds of mat time, will get you in a great position to make yourself uh, into the state tournament the bad news is you're going to have to have those 55 seconds with Gage Garcia. I think Storch is going to take that because even though, you know, Gage Garcia, you know, put the put the fall down in 55 seconds, man, did Storch get a great draw for this regional tournament to uh, what I think is going to land him inevitably back into the finals again.
2: You know, I've, I've gone through a gauntlet of emotions for Garrett Storch in the last couple of weeks. You know, the, the whole idea of him going up to 195 was kind of, You know, ride Gage Garcia's coattails to states, and then just see what happens when you get to Hershey. And then last week we had the incident where where Tyler Waltman had to scratch out the number five-ranked kid in the State at 182. And then you're thinking, man, 182 is wide open. If he would have stayed at 182, then he'd probably given himself a better chance. But by getting to the finals last week, just like you said, Shane, he got himself a great draw. He is without a doubt the favorite to come out of that 195 bracket um and, and get himself to the state tournament. But but don't sleep on Damon Backus I think he wrestled a really good tournament uh for Mount Carmel uh last week in that uh, uh that one ninety five weight class and uh you know he he's a he's a tough kid. He's a funky kind of kid and, uh, you know, he's going to have something to say if he, he meets Garrett Storch in the semifinals. But you gotta got to love the way Garrett Storch is wrestling
0: right now. All right. So, finally, you know, we get out of here. The Northeast Regional Tournament uh, coming up Friday and Saturday this weekend. I know everybody's going to buzz about the 106-pound bracket, and that uh, is, you know, obviously uh, well-earned, you know, with all, all the talent that's in that bracket. But I still think, for me, the top storyline going into this weekend is what shakes out of that 120-pound bracket with seymour bisco and strickland i'm curious to see it and all eyes have to be there as well
2: yeah if you don't think all eyes are going to be on that Bisco seymour semifinal, and then you're just lying to yourself i mean that's the the one where you're really going to want to see where cole bisco is i mean the reality is gable strickland had to go through a state champ and a state runner-up last year if he wanted to be a district champ you know cole bisco just had to beat gable strickland you know this week bisco and seymour they're going to have to go through each other and then go through probably Gable Strickland in the finals if they want to be a regional champ. That's a lot to ask in, in a short amount of time for those guys. Maybe it's a benefit for Gable Strickland to be on the other side. Maybe he's a little pressure if he's able to get into the finals this week. But all eyes are going to be on, on how those three shake out.
0: And a big thanks to Mitch Rupert again for taking some time to sit down here for the NTL Now podcast this week. And, of course, don't forget the Northeast Regional Tournament starts Friday night at the Magic Dome in Williamsport where they will do the quarterfinal round in action there. Then, of course, on Saturday it will be the Northeast Regional Tournament, uh, I believe starting at 9.30 with action continuing all day until the Consolation Finals and Championship Finals at 4.15 and of course I'll have wrestling coverage for you Saturday night on Wiggle 100 so don't miss out on that coming up we'll start coverage for that around 4 o'clock All right, Shane Wilber and Joe Carey on here with you this week on the NTL Now podcast and of course as we uh, you know transition again back from some wrestling talk into more NTL and District 4 basketball talk here of course still to come here this week in the District 4 playoffs it is Consolation Final action this week as both the Northeast Bradford Lady Panthers and North Penn Liberty Mountaineers get ready for consolation final action and they're actually going to have to take on uh, the Griffins of Sullivan County in either game. I'm a little more surprised I think on the girl side given the fact that both Northeast Bradford was the uh, top seed, and Sullivan County was the two seed coming into this tournament. And apparently Northumberland Christian said, here, hold my soda pop, and they have blown up the entire bracket.
1: And it's funny that Northumberland Christian came in and kind of ruined that because being a private school kid who went to New Covenant Academy, we had to play Northumberland twice a year. And they have a, a stellar basketball program, one that could compete with these D4 teams. And then same with Meadowbrook Christian, who you've we've seen them play a lot of our – um d4 hoops and ntl hoops teams but yeah it's just crazy to see when these these private schools decide to come in and be in the tournament and just and just blow stuff up but it's uh that's why it keeps it interesting i i think that liberty probably could have been more attuned to to beat that squad but like i said it's uh i know North, uh, Northumberland likes to, you know, run and gun, so uh, it's it's tough to uh, kind of keep up with those guys.
0: Well, it was interesting because, you know, like last week, uh, Thursday night, Hughesville was hosting Troy, and that's where uh, I was covering Radio 4 Districts that night, and I was talking with Chris Massey, and obviously, you know, from the Sun-Gazette, and I have not seen or heard of anything of Northumberland Christian, like, ever. I mean, they've never declared for districts. They haven't played, I couldn't tell you, the last time they ever played in the District 4 tournament. And, you know, uh, Chris Massey was telling me, yeah, you know, and even beforehand, the girls and boys team still had to go play another game earlier in the day because they take part, I guess, in a Catholic private school tournament or whatever. The ACAA tournament. So something like that, right. They had to be out. I think they had to go out to Dubois or something and take part in this tournament. So they had already played a game earlier in the day. Then they got to drive umpteen miles up to Troy to the Commons building, and both the girls' and boys' teams from Northumberland Christian leave, having upended both of the top seeds in Class A, and boys and girls in, uh, you know, Northeast Bradford on the girls' side, and then, of course, North Penn Liberty on the boys' side. Now, of course, uh, I did have a chance to talk with Chris Massey earlier this week. Uh, Him and I were together at Williamsport uh, that night uh, when I was there covering the Athens girls. He had another game he was covering later. He came early, and I sat there, and I'm like, man. I just can't believe Northumberland Christian came to the Commons building and took down two number 1 seeds. And, you know, I mean, it probably wasn't as much of a surprise on the girls' side. I had heard that they had been really building uh, for this coming season. So, you know, the girls were really, you know, dominating uh, for Northumberland Christian. But for the boys to beat North Penn Liberty, I think, was really the stunner just because of how dominant – they had been all season long and, you know, they just have that right combination of talent. You know, Noah Spencer is probably one of the most underrated players, probably in all of district four. And, you know, for him and North Penn Liberty to uh, be upended and not be in the championship final against Newman. You know, I think that was, you know, I'm not saying betting wise, but you know, I'm saying, you know, if a lot of people were having office pools or whatever, you know, that was probably the predicted final. And, you know, now, you know, you've got North Penn Liberty and uh, Northeast Bradford now playing in the consolation finals. And now they're getting ready to uh, just play for where their seating going to be in states. And, you know, that's going to be uh, very important. So I know both of these teams, they're going to want to win tonight uh, or, well, yeah, tonight to, uh, you know, get themselves into a better seating uh, for the state tournament next week. You
1: know, ultimately, what seed you draw is how successful you're going to be. You know, you don't want to get a bad draw and be... You know, facing a, a a tough district champion from a different district, so it's uh, yeah, it's it's critical, but it's it's just crazy. Like I said, when these you know these Christian schools declare for the 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 big tournament, it, it kind of throws a wrench in these things because I guarantee you, a lot of the coaches from North Penn Liberty never went to a Northumberland game this year to do any scouting or anything, so it's. It's always a wild card when Northumberland and Meadowbrook and these schools come into the tournament.
0: You know what? I'm going to disagree. I'll bet you Coach Litzelman did find some film somewhere. I don't know if he got a chance to actually see them in person, but I'll bet you he found some film. It's just the way District 4 coaches are. Everybody exchanges film, and that's the way it kind of goes. But now, you know, as we think about it here, uh, you know, we got to get away from the consolation finals. We got to focus on the champions, okay? We got championship games. Still to come here this week on the uh, District 4 slate. And a big one uh, in the District 4 slate will be the top seed of the AA bracket, losing. They've played some close ones against South Williamsport and against Canton in their quarterfinal and semifinal. Now it's the District 4 AA championship against Bloomsburg. Now, of course, uh, you know I had an opportunity to talk with Coach Kai's earlier this week you know but of course unfortunately with scheduling and stuff we really didn't have a chance to get the podcast out any sooner this week hey It is what it is, but you know what? Coach Kyes was still nice enough to be able to take some time earlier this week, kind of talk about uh, his Ram season in general and everything that's uh, going on as far as preparation and getting ready for Bloomsburg as well. So for right now, here on the NTL Now podcast, let's take some time. Let's hear some thoughts from Coach Kyes, and we'll do that after this quick timeout as we hear from our friends at Circle W Sports. Growing up in a small town, it's important to get your name out there if you want to play at the next level. Circle W Sports helped me get the exposure I needed. It's really been a one-stop shop for college coaches where they can go in there and they can find information about not only one player, but the rest of our team, guys that they might not be thought they were interested in before they went to the website. So Circle W has really done that. It's linked highlight films, contact information, everything that the coach would need. Circle W Sports, the new name in the game for high school sports. Now joined by Head Coach Brent Kyes from the Wyalusing Rams as Wyalusing gets ready to prepare for a District 4 Double-A Championship. And, of course, always good to have a coach here on the podcast this week. And, uh, Coach Kyes, thanks a lot for uh, taking some time here on the podcast this week.
3: Yeah, Shay, no, thanks for
0: having me. So, Brent, it's been, you know, kind of uh, an up-and-down last part of the season for you. I mean, you guys stormed out of the gate, and then, you know, as the regular season, you know, winds down, teams got kind of a second look at you. It was kind of, you know, up-and-down. You were still getting wins, but, you know, some teams were starting to figure some things out. I mean, uh, the stress level had to be a little high there towards the end of the season.
3: Yeah, you know, um, second time through the league, um, really, both times we faced Athens and Troy, um, you know, didn't think we had our best stuff. Didn't have our best shooting nights um, in the, you know, on those nights. But uh, you know, give, give both teams credit. Um, you know, Athens was a really tough matchup for us. Um, they have some length and size that some other teams in the league just don't have, quite simply. And then you know, Lane's obviously a really good scorer. Um, and, and Troy, um, you know, the trio of guards they have are, are, are a nightmare matchup for anyone. And then uh, you know, obviously, Em um there's a lot to handle. And, and you know, our second game with Troy was really close. couple possessions either way. We gave up an 8-0 run in the second quarter. Um, kind of were fighting back from there. Um, but, you know, just two tough matches for us. And, um, you know, they obviously that proved to be, you know, the difference between us having a chance to win the league title and not. But uh, we're still proud of, like you said, the way we started our season. Uh, we had some unknowns coming into the season. And, and I thought that our kids really handled that well. And they came came together. Um, really prepared the same way every night. We had good practices throughout the regular season, and uh, you know, 16 and six, and, and 12 and four in the league was. It's certainly something we were still proud
0: of when you look back on this season as a whole i mean do you see this as you know potentially your best coaching job as a head coach knowing that you did have so many unknowns and you had to kind of piece this thing together as uh, the season kind of bonded together with you and the team
3: yeah you know i don't know um you know i certainly reflect on the job i do each year um and the job we do i mean i have a great staff that, that works uh with me and uh, I, you know, I don't know if it's been the best, but it certainly felt like, you know, we've gotten a lot out of the team in the season. Um, i got a great group of kids, um, and a really a great group of families around them, kids that um, were able to discipline. Um, you know, they definitely have that at home um, as well. And um, really unselfish kids, but probably my most unselfish team, and that's certainly not a knock to any other team I've coached. I've loved all the kids I've coached here in the last six years, but this team genuinely does not care who scores. Um, they, they move the ball, they share the ball, they play together, um, and you know that, that's been a lot of fun and and a, a lot of community support and student support here at the school. We've had really nice crowds and student sections and everything all year so I think that's just a little bit of a, a byproduct of what we got going and we're excited to have a little momentum within the program.
0: You've had a tight semi-final matchup with Canton, a close quarterfinal matchup with South Sport. I mean, do you feel like your team is as mentally focused given the fact that you've been through these two battles so far in your first two playoff games that you're just mentally Tough and ready to go here for this championship final.
3: Yeah, um, you know we, we drew South there as the eight seed. They might have been one of the better eight seeds. We probably could have drawn out of any of those teams there from like seven to ten or eleven. It within the district, but they play. A, they play a really tough league. Um, you know they're in the VHAC uh, Division Three. They played Bloom and Hughesville and Mount Carmel and all those teams twice. Warrior Run, um, and they you know they were tough, um, and they, they had a guard. Um, they had a senior guard um, who was really tough. and we, Obviously, we did our homework. We prepared for them all week, and and um, they are pretty good defensively, we pretty scrappy. Of course, some of their role guys are a little young. I think another year or two they they're going to be really solid. But um, I just think for us, we kind of had the old saying, we just had to get the monkey off our back. Um, it was our first district playoff win in a while, first home district playoff game. We had a bye to the semis a couple of years ago, but our first home district playoff game since D- uh, D4 went back to the format of the uh, higher seed hosting the quarterfinals, um, so got a lot of that stuff going on, and I think um, our kids were really focused. We turned in probably our best defensive performance of the year against South Williamsport. Um, got just enough offense. Grady Cobb had a good shooting night, uh, and then Canton. Uh, the atmosphere at Troy was incredible. Um, you know, both communities came out, both student bodies came out. Uh, it was loud, uh, but we, we settled in. We got in some foul trouble second quarter. Um, they ended up. Uh, taking advantage, of getting the ball inside the map, and um, you know we were down six at halftime. We we made some adjustments. Uh, we got the ball to the middle against their press and zone a little better, and attacked on the back end. And we were able to get some easy buckets. Get the game opened up a little bit, and uh, it was just it was an exciting night. Um, but yeah, it was uh, you know definitely could have gone to either team, but you know we were fortunate enough to just make enough plays at the end. I, I think our kids are comfortable. In those situations, we played so many close games
0: on year. Now, I think you know when I look at your team, that actually you match up better when playing teams outside of the league, which is what I think uh, you know bodes well for you going into this District Four final. You know, I, I think you're a team that you know if you are in a one and done situation, that is something you know that you are definitely built for. More if you had to play a team maybe a second go around where they get a little more familiar with what it is you do. Yeah,
3: I mean, like I said before, I think our kids actually have really bought into and believe in the preparation that we're trying to do. And as a coach, I'm trying to leave nothing to be desired. As far as, you know, game planning, um, for what we're going to do offensively and defensively, but also like what their personnel is like. And we try to get really specific with that type of stuff. Um, you know, we try to certainly get the big, the macro, the big picture, but we also really try to get the micro as well and try to kind of get tendencies and really kind of little things that we can hold in on. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I think we prepare that way. I, I don't. I think other coaches probably prepare similar, um, you know, in a similar way. But I, I do think it helps you a little bit. You get out of your league. They don't know the stuff you're running quite as, you know, quite as well. Sometimes that can open up some looks for you. Maybe they're not as familiar with our personnel. Um, and uh, you know, it just uh, then it just comes down to making shots and you're making in-game adjustments and things like that. But I, I yeah, I mean, I, I definitely like. Um, We like to get out of the league and to to compete against other teams.
0: Now that you know you prepare, you've got a few days rest, though. I mean, are you worried that you know these few days off, you know, could could get your team into maybe a little bit of a a rust mode, or do you you know enjoy the break, kind of give your uh, legs a little time to rest and uh, give yourself a little more freshness going into this championship final?
3: Yeah, I I think it's. um, I think it depends. I think it could be good or bad. Uh, I think it depends on how you look at it. Uh, your perspective for it. You know, we gave the kids off, obviously, yesterday. Um, Now we're playing Thursday instead of Friday. There was some talk about maybe playing Friday, but we are playing Thursday. So um, that does make it a little easier. You know, we'll go light tonight with some shooting um, and some skill work. And then um, tomorrow we'll do a little more normal. We try to make everything competitive. So we'll keep it competitive, keep that kind of normal routine. And then, obviously, Wednesday we'll do a lot of bloom prep. Um, and just, you know, game prep for the next day. But um, yeah, it is kind of weird. You know, we we played three games a week there for two or three weeks. And then, um, you know, then all of a sudden it was like, all right, we had Troy on a Tuesday. And then a week later we had Sullivan for senior night on a Tuesday. Uh, and then, you know, um, a week, well, actually a week and a day later, eight days later, then we finally played a district game. So, and now, I mean, regardless, win or lose Thursday, then we'll play Saturday the 7th in our state playoff game. So, it is a little bit different how we practice. We do get the kids some time off, it's a long season. Um, And then we, you know, when we're in the gym, we try to make the most of our time and just keep honing in on little things like, you know, skill work and skill development. And then certainly game prep as well as the games get
0: closer. Bloomsburg, you know, they defeat Sarah in the uh, other semifinal to uh, reach their championships final. Uh, Do you get on the horn with Coach Shaw? Do you say, hey, you know, you've seen us. What is it maybe that we do that we can use to expose against them? I mean, do you get some coaches chatter involved here?
3: Yeah, actually, um, you know, Definitely, we try to do things like that. I've been really impressed all year with our NCL coaches. We're we're really good, um, you know, at helping each other out in those situations. And, and we got a group of guys right now that they all um, do do their homework. They all scout. They all care about it. Um, and I had a, actually had a, a handful of coaches call me yesterday um, on Sunday just to you know, congratulate our team. And you know that meant a lot. But then yeah, I'll definitely have some some coaches uh, talk. Uh, you know, I know. You know, some coaches from outside of the league as well that I try to communicate with a little bit. Um, And you certainly build those relationships. Makes it fun, but also, you know, productive to be able to kind of talk hoops and and see what you can figure out. So, yeah, a little bit of, uh, you know, conversation. Devin, actually, they had played them a couple weeks ago, so he did them pretty well. Um, You know, so just trying to kind of, um, you know, figure out what worked for them. They had a great first half the other day. They've really come on, and he's done a great job over there at um, or this year in his first year. Um, so, yeah, he, you know, we did have a little bit of a conversation um, about Bloom and, um, you know, and we'll see if we can apply some of that stuff on Thursday.
0: All right. So now as you get ready for this big championship final, I mean, what is it that, you know, you have to preach to your team this week in preparation to get yourselves prepared so that Wyalusing shows uh, their best product on uh, Thursday night against uh, Bloomsburg?
3: Yeah, Shane, I mean, we try to keep it simple. Uh, you know, I think, one possession at a time. Our guys know how to play basketball. They, they care about it. They play all year. Um, and, you know, we, we think we've tried to do some of the right things in preparing them. So one possession at a time. What do we do offensively? What do we do defensively? You know, what defense are we in? Are we in the right call? Are we in the right concept? You know, we're trying to do a lot more out of concepts um, like than necessarily specific calls. We certainly have some. But are we in the right concept or call? Offensively? Defensively? Are we in the right position? Are we looking as hard as we can? Are we guarding without fouling Are we first shot rebounding? All those, like, basketball coaches and things um, that we harp on every day. I mean, every day we talk about it. So then in a big game, you might be a little nervous, and you've got to settle into the game. And there's a lot of you know, pressure and emotion. And in and, and the crowd, I'm sure, will be great on Thursday. Like, just settle in and keep it simple. What do I have to do this possession? If I compete every possession and do my job, every possession will have a chance. And, uh... You know, if we were able to do that and take care of our end of things, um, you know, hopefully we'll have a chance
0: on, on Thursday. Brent, I know there's nobody in the NTL who prepares as much as you. I've seen you handing out game plan notes uh, even before tip-off at games, and I know the losing Rams are definitely uh, going to be prepared for this uh, AA final coming up Thursday night at Hughesville against Bloomsburg. So, uh, Coach, want to thank you for uh, taking some time this week. I know you got to get off to practice, get the uh, preparation in line, so I'll let you do that. But uh, thanks for taking some time here to join the podcast and uh, give us a little insight on some Rams hoops.
3: Yes, and I appreciate that comment, and, uh, you know, I appreciate everything you're doing. I think the podcast has been great for the league, um, and I really think that our sports for small-town um, sports in our area here um, are covered as well as anywhere I've seen in the, in the local region. So I uh, really appreciate um, your time as well and, and the coverage this year, and, um, you know, thanks for the well which wishes on Thursday.
0: A big thanks again to Brent Kyes from the Why Losing Rams for taking some time here on the NTL Now podcast this week. And of course, you know, uh, congratulations to Coach Kyes and the Rams. You know, all they did this season was just go out, play solid basketball all year long. And really, they deserve this opportunity to play for the AA championship and of course, already with a berth clinched into the state tournament next week as well. So, definitely a big tip of the cap to the losing Rams on the season they had this year.
1: Yeah, it's been awesome to see their run. I, I got the chance to see them a couple times. I saw them play against Troy, and, man, they're, they're a finely tuned squad. And, um... They rely heavily on their shooting, but uh, I think they're going to be successful down the stretch for sure.
0: Now, speaking of championships as well, of course, it would be remiss of us not to, of course, uh, give uh, major props to the Athens Lady Wildcats. They are also playing for the District 4 Girls 4A Championship. That'll be coming up on Saturday at Milton. I believe they have a 2 o'clock tip-off. The boys are actually going to play the consolation final at noon, both games at Milton as well. So, folks, uh, if you haven't had an opportunity to get out and support this Athens Lady Wildcats team. Of course, Coach Miller from the Lady Wildcats. He was a guest on the podcast a couple weeks ago, you know, and he said, you know, being a part of the NTL this year, playing the likes of a Tawanda, you know, from time to time definitely helped push them uh, athletically. And I think, you know, a, a matchup like a game with Tawanda really helped prepare them for for what they faced this past Tuesday when they took on the Lady Indians of Shemokin. Shemokin was a team that had come in having won 10 games in a row into this District 4 semifinal, and Athens just, they would not quit. Shemokin got as many as I believe as high as a six point lead I should say on Athens uh, into the second half but credit to the Lady Wildcats they just would not quit there was a never say die attitude and you know what do we say in basketball the three point shot is always the great equalizer and Athens just they kept hitting key threes. From time to time, Kaylee Miller, uh, Haley Berry, they were just, you know, catalysts with that three-point shot, and of course, Cadence Masick inside, uh, one of the uh, best free-throw shooters, you know, you could have asked for to be at the line. She was absolute money at the free-throw line for the Lady Wildcats, and hey, you know, all it takes is survive in advance. It doesn't matter if the game's pretty. It doesn't matter if it's your best game. It doesn't matter if it's ugly survive in advance joe always the key in playoff basketball
1: yeah absolutely and like you said hitting free throws hitting three-point shots i mean you do those things i think you're gonna win
0: definitely one of those great things uh, to see and you know this past Tuesday I mean it was it was quite an interesting atmosphere you know obviously you know the Magic Dome in Williamsport one of the bigger gyms in District 4 you know and if you're not accustomed to playing there it can be you know one of those uh, overwhelming gyms and you know it did take both teams a little bit of time to kind of get into their rhythm get into the flow but you know for the most part when all was said and done I mean it took overtime but uh, Athens you know they played a lot of stymieing defense in this one and eventually it was the Lady Wildcats who would come away with the 41 38 overtime win? And now they will play Danville for the District 4 4A championship. And that'll be coming up on Saturday at Milton, uh, two o'clock tip off for that. But, you know, I think one notable fact in this ballgame, and this is where a credit to defense comes in Athens held Shimokin to one point in the final 320 of regulation and all of overtime. One point in seven minutes and 20 seconds of game time. That is great defense.
1: That sounds like championship basketball to me.
0: That is so. going to be you know, something that they're definitely going to have to carry over going into this coming Saturday as well uh, for championship Saturday down at Milton. Now, of course, it is going to be A busy weekend here uh, with District 4 basketball uh, on the horizon here with championship games, consolation finals. There's still some consolation finals to be played yet, so let's quickly just give you the slate of what's on the horizon here, okay? losing and Bloomsburg, the AA boys final. That is to be played at Hughesville. That'll be Thursday night, 7 o'clock at Hughesville, so you got that coming up uh, for action. Also coming up this week, you've got the Thursday night doubleheader in consolation final action. Action girls and boys in the A bracket as Northeast Bradford girls will play Sullivan County. Northeast, uh, or excuse me, no, the uh, Sullivan County boys then will take on North Penn Liberty, I should say. So, North Penn Liberty, Sullivan County boys, Northeast Bradford, Sullivan County girls, those are consolation finals six o'clock, eight o'clock at the Commons building in Troy. However, both of these teams, uh, you know, are already in the state tournament. Both of these consolation finals just for seeding. So that's what you got coming up there. Now, of course, also Athens, as we said, doubleheader at Milton coming up on Saturday, okay? Boys will play Jersey Shore at noon. Girls will play Danville at 2 o'clock. Those games uh, scheduled at Milton High School. So make your plans for that. And then, of course, we splash in the Northeast Regional Tournament for wrestling as well. Now, the only thing I can guarantee you that I am covering on Wiggle One Hundred, or is being covered right now on Wiggle, is the Northeast Regional Finals. That'll be four o'clock coming up on Saturday. Now, will basketball be splashed in there as well uh, towards the weekend? Hey, I don't know yet. Uh, I know uh, you know the uh, consolation final games; they're actually going to be covered as well. But uh, you know, the uh, as far as any of the other basketball into the weekend. Not quite sure yet into Saturday, but for right now, yes, we do have uh, you know the Northeast Regional Finals covered as well, so we do have that. But man, it's just a big slate, and of course, you know, next week then we go into the PIAA State Tournament for both basketball and wrestling. How do we make time for all this stuff, Joe?
1: Uh, we don't. That's why we have a hard time meeting up.
0: <laughs> this is very true. Yes, this is why we've had times where uh, you know it's been uh, some solo adventures here with the podcast. But hey, not this week. Finally, we were able to get together. But, uh, Joe, you know, before we get out of here, just, you know, kind of your overall impression so far. I mean, we've seen the District 4 basketball playoffs, you know, from the quarterfinals. Here we are now into championship consolation weekend pretty much, or or week as you want to put it. I mean, what's been like your overall impression so far just kind of watching these uh, basketball games? I mean, what are some things, I guess, that have kind of really stuck out to you in your mind?
1: Um, I mean, well, obviously, I've covered a lot of Canton, and Troy, so I, I don't want to seem biased to those teams. But, uh, um, I went to Hughesville. We talked about this off before we went off air. What a raucous environment! I thought it was it was incredible to see the growth from the Troy Trojans. I know they've been eliminated. But still a young team. I think there's a lot of promise on that squad. Even though he kind of had an off night, Ty Barrett still dropped in 21 points. Is that crazy that you say
0: 21 points? It's an off night. You you just think that's an off night.
1: Well, previously in the game before that in the uh, NTL Showcase, he had dropped in 45 and lost to Athens. So, you know, it's just been crazy to see the growth and maturation of of Ty Barrett and also the Troy Trojans. Yeah. Watching the Athens Lady Wildcats, you know, journey so far has been incredible. I know that a lot of people picked uh picked against them when the D- the district four playoffs started. I-, I heard some people picking against them, so it's just been crazy to see. And then Y Lucing's journey as well has been incredible to see. Um I know we-, we talked to their coach earlier in the podcast, but yeah, it's just it's been a what a unpredictable D four playoffs it has been.
0: What I what I love about what I've seen so far at a district four and well at a northern tier league basketball, you know, and translating into the district four playoffs is the fact that Northern Tier League basketball is in really good shape. I mean, there is some good talent in the Northern Tier League that we are going to be talking about for next year and beyond. You think about it, Ty Barrett, only a sophomore. Troy's entire starting lineup is back next year if they all stay together. Sayre, a very young team. I mean, Zach Moore, Fabry, Lane, all those kids are back together next year. And I'll tell you this much, if Connor Young for Sayre develops a post game those Redskins are going to be absolutely dynamite uh, heading into uh, 2020 and 21. But, I mean, Sarah still has some games left. I mean, they still have a state game coming up next week. So, I mean, still room for them to grow, you know, and a state tournament game. Win or lose is a great experience, you know, for a young team. But, you know, I'm with you. All the teams that we've seen, all the growth and everything else, the maturation. And, of course, you know, just kind of enjoying the ride has been a lot of fun and you know, I think that-
1: one more player we should talk about too um Joseph Grabb from Wellsboro I think he had a really good kind of breakout year I believe he's gonna be a senior next year look for him to be a key key player in this in the NTL hoops uh segment of things so I think watch out for him and obviously uh you know it's been it's been great to see North Penn Liberties run man it's been just been awesome awesome to see the NTL making its presence known in D4.
0: I love it. You know, the District 4 playoffs have definitely been a lot of fun, you know, and whether or not, you know, we get a lot of advancement come the state tournament next week, who cares? Just enjoy the ride right now that we're having uh, with NTL Hoops so far. But, of course, you know, we've got Hoops playoff action still to finish off the week. Northeast Wrestling regional coverage still to come up this week. How many of our area wrestlers? Okay, we've got 14 from the north. Actually, uh, I guess 13 true NTLers still remaining, but you know, I do still splash in Nate Hagley from Sullivan County. He's he's part of the NTL when it comes to uh, the northeast regional and district four tournaments and stuff. So yes, 14 area wrestlers head to the regional tournament this weekend. How many will advance on to states? Well, we will find out come Saturday at about 4.15 and uh, beyond. So that's what's on the horizon. But Joe, carry on. He's across the table. Joe, thanks again for taking the time here and uh, glad we could finally meet up for a week of the podcast.
1: Yeah, it's been great. Uh, it's It's been so busy covering hoops, actually. I know you've been busy covering lots of wrestling and hoops. So glad we got to see your shining face across the table again
0: <laughs> well you know it's always good uh, whenever uh, my face is shining it means i'm happy and i'm beaming <laughs> so that's where we'll leave that But anyway, folks, again, thanks so much for tuning in this week. And remember, get ready for next week as the state tournament is upon us. So for Joe, carry on across the table. I'm Shane Wilber. Thanks for tuning in to another great episode of the NTL Now podcast. And, of course, as always, the NTL Now podcast, an exclusive production of Circle W Sports, Mansfield University, and Endless Mountains Racing Mobility. Thanks for listening to NTL Now, your Northern Tier League sports podcast. Keep following the Northern Tier League on Facebook and Twitter for more updates on the Northern Tier League. Audio from the NTL Now podcast may not be used without prior consent. Thank you for listening to the Northern Tier League Now podcast, an exclusive production of Circle W Sports, Endless Mountains Bracing Mobility, and Mansfield University.